Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily. It is a game day edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez for Thursday, the 13th of the month of October. It has been 167 days since the Flyers wrapped up the 2021-22 season. That was a Friday, April 29th game against the Ottawa Senators, a 4-2 loss against the Senators as well. A lot of different faces this year compared to last year. Martin Jones, for example, got the start for the Flyers in that game. Presumably, Carter Hart gets the start for the Flyers tonight. A new season is here. No Cam Atkinson tonight, unfortunately. Looks like he will not be in the lineup, but the Flyers' lines will be, at least according to practice yesterday, as follows for the game tonight. It looks like it'll be Kevin Hayes centering Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny. Noah Cates centering Joel Farabee and Owen Tippett. Morgan Frost centering James Van Riemsdyk and Wade Allison. And Tanner Lazinski centering Nick Delarier and Hayden Hodgson. The D-pairs, Ivan Provorov and uh, Tony D'Angelo. Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen did leave practice yesterday, uh, but we'll see if he's able to go tonight. And the third pair looks like it's going to be Igor Zamula playing the left side, along with veteran Justin Braun. So very interesting uh, pairing there on the third pair for the Flyers. Nick Sealer looks like he's not going to be drawing in, and it will be Igor Zamula who got a taste of the NHL a year ago. Uh, also, yesterday Chuck Fletcher said that uh, Felix Sandstrom has been dealing with a minor groin strain, hasn't had any setbacks, but they are going to be cautious. So looks like the backup will be Sam Erson. Also, Chuck Fletcher talking about Chong Couturier in yesterday's availability. Here's what the general manager and president said about Couturier's skating off and on over the last couple of weeks. No timetable yet, but I think he's skated six or seven times now. I believe he was going to skate again today. That was yesterday. He said he feels great. He's progressing. If anything, we're trying to slow him down from time to time. He's really anxious to get back, but this is the best he's felt since pre-surgery last year. So we're cautiously optimistic, and hopefully he'll continue to progress. So that's a great thing. That is good news regarding Sean Couturier. We'll see how long ultimately he ends up being out for, how much caution is used in his return, and when he does return, what the player looks like. What is his game going to look like since not playing since last December? And obviously not having a full training camp to boot. Uh, So good news, tenuous news still on Sean Couturier, but good news from the initial reports and uh, the second opinion was sought and we're kind of you know, dealing with this information as it comes when it comes to Couturier. It's one of those things where anytime there's any issue with a back after an off-season back surgery, it's going to create a lot of uneasiness, and it did with me, just like all of you. So uh, good news is that uh, he has been skating and they need to slow him down because he feels really good. So those are all good signs in regards to Sean Couturier. So it's the Flyers and the Devils tonight, kicking off the 22-23 season. And we're going to get to a couple spillover concerns, questions, mindsets, like we did in yesterday's episode in just a minute. But I just want to kind of run through my picks that I would have for the following categories. And I'll focus these just on the Flyers. The Hart Trophy, which is the league MVP. Uh, I'm gonna, we'll do my projections here, who I think the Flyers' MVP of the season will be. The Norris as the team's top defenseman. The Vesna. that's easy, that's going to be Carter Hart. So we can leave you guys 
uh, not wondering on that one. The Selkie, with Couturier not starting the season, who's going to be the most impactful full ice 200 by 85 defensive forward? Uh, who's going to lead the team in goals? Who's going to lead the team in points? And we'll talk about other aspects of this team. So let's start with who's going to lead the team in points. I think it's going to be Travis Konechny that leads this team in points this season. I think it's paramount. He led the team last year, but I think this is a huge year for Travis Konechny, and I think he ends up leading the team in points. I think Cam Atkinson, even though he's not going to play in the game tonight, I think he's going to end up leading the team in goals uh, with north of 30, somewhere around that 31-33 goals Provided, obviously, that Cam Atkinson gets in there and can stay healthy and have a good productive season. They're going to be relying on him to score goals because goals will not be a plenty with this team. I think he'll lead the team. I think very likely that Konechny will be the second leading goal scorer on the team. I'll predict 28. So we'll write these down and we'll take some inventory at the end of the season. As far as the the Selkie Award winner for the Flyers this season on who's going to be the most responsible best uh, f- defensive forward. I mean, you could look at Kevin Hayes in this role, but I'm going to look at elsewhere. I'm going to look outside the middle. The Selkie's usually always given to centers. Not a lot of wingers have won it. But in this situation, I'm going to actually look at Joel Farabee as a guy, a good two-way center. He's going to get the points offensively. He's going to kill some penalties, and he's going to be a good, responsible player. Noah Cates is another guy that could be in that role. He's a little too green for me to pick him for the Flyers Selkie for this year. Uh, but I'm going to go with Joel Farabee, who's going to be on that opening night roster, which is great news. We didn't think he was going to be ready till about Thanksgiving. Joel Farabee set to make his debut on the season for the opener tonight. Uh, the Norris is the team's top defenseman. Last year, that was pretty clear. It was Travis Sanheim. This year, I think it's going to be pretty clear, and it's going to be Ivan Provorov. So in other words, I'm predicting pretty significant bounce-back years for Konechny and Provorov. Will it be both of them? Will it be one of the two? Will it be none of the two? I don't know. But I think it's paramount that Ivan Provorov have a big year. And if they're going to have success, he needs to be the team's best defenseman. And then the team's most valuable player. I think the team's most valuable player this year is a guy that I mentioned in the most points category. And I think it's actually going to be Travis Konechny. I'm predicting a big season out of Konechny. I think with the leadership void with Giroux gone, I think this is an opportunity for him in the prime of his career, to step into a bit more of a leadership position, uh, maturity in his game position, and accountability is something that Torch talks about. I think accountability is going to be there for Travis Konechny. I think he's going to end up being the team's most valuable player this year. I think Kevin Hayes is obviously very important. Provorov, very important. D'Angelo, I mean, so many players are important players. But to me, the team's most valuable player when it's all said and done, I think we're going to look back and we're going to say it was Travis Konechny. That's my prediction. So we'll see how that plays out. So I have Konechny as the Hart, Provorov as the Norris, Carter Hart obviously as the Vesna. As the Selkie, I have Joel Farabee. The most goals, I have Cam Atkinson. The most points, I have Travis Konechny. And we'll see how these play out over this 82-game season. Now, I gave you the lines. I gave you the pairings for tonight. Some interesting combinations. I like the combination of Cates, Farabee, and Tippett. And I like the combination of Frost, Allison, and JVR. I think Allison can provide a lot for Morgan Frost in the sense that he's a great straight-line four-checker. So we'll be interested in that. And then obviously something that I've talked about quite a bit, Provorov and D'Angelo is something that's 
Boy, the chemistry's got to develop there and develop there quickly as a top-pairing defense uh, grouping. And then Zamula and Braun is another really interesting one. We saw Sanheim and Ristolainen together last year. We know they had some chemistry. Hoping to see that chemistry pick up where it left off last year because the effect that it had on Travis's Sanheim game allowed him to play his best hockey. And he's in a contract year heading to unrestricted free agent status. This is the time to hit the home run for NHL players when they're getting to UFA status out of those entry-level contracts and bridge deals and all of that. So this is when the real money comes, and this is the ultimate motivation for athletes. You can say, oh, well, they always play hard all the time. They're pros. But when you're looking at that big contract in front of you and how you perform that year, we've seen it happen again. You career it in a contract year. Big year for Travis Sanheim. All right, let's get to some spillover questions from the tweet I put out a couple days ago where I asked uh, with the final roster set for the season, what is your mindset heading into the season? What needs to come out of this season concerns? Plus, drop any questions and we'll get to a bunch on the episode. So here we go. We start with this one for this episode. Dan Garardi, Garardi tweets in and says, sorry, Dan, I hope I didn't mess up your name. He said, I am hoping for, quote, number one, Important veterans to stay healthy, Hayes and Couturier. Two, for Provorov to get back on track and move his game forward, regardless of who he plays with. And three, the young guys to learn and develop despite playing in what will be perhaps a losing environment. And then four, Carter Hart to play 55 games. Let's take them one by one. Number one, important for veterans to stay healthy, Hayes and Couturier. Well, we know that Couturier is not starting the year healthy, but we hope that when he does get into the lineup and cleared to play, that he comes in, and it's not a yo-yoing back and forth of in the lineup, out of the lineup. That's number one. And same thing for Kevin Hayes, that he can go through a full season healthy, you know, play upwards of 75 games. Great, very important for those two players to do exactly that. His number two point, for Provorov to get back on track and move his game forward regardless of whom he plays with. Absolutely paramount as well. He's going to start the year with Tony D'Angelo. Is he going to finish the year with Tony D'Angelo? Is he going to play... You know, all season with Tony D'Angelo. We'll see. It, it's all going to depend on how those two come together, what kind of chemistry they develop. Uh, but regardless, if D'Angelo's out for a couple games and he's got to play with Justin Braun, you still want his game not to drop off. Obviously, when you get a different partner, you know, there's a less familiarity in where each other are going to be, and and there's a drop-off in certain situations. If you go from Braun to D'Angelo, Obviously, there's a drop-off offensively in what Braun can bring in re- in comparison to D'Angelo. But you want his game to stay on an even keel no matter who the partner is. Uh, his third point, the young guys to learn and develop despite playing in what might be a losing environment. That's a big job of John Tortorella and very important. Good point, Dan. And then the last one, Carter Hart to play 55 games. Yeah, I like 55 is a good number. You want to see guys like Felix Sandstrom or... Uh, guys like Sam Erson this year, too, because it's a fact-finding mission on them as well. But we'd like to see Carter get a good amount of games in and have a good, solid season with a better environment and structure around him. Next week comes from Lisa at Nasty Flyer Girl. She says, honestly, I don't expect much, so I don't have any concerns per se. Just want to see the young players play well and get better and really want to see Konechny and Provorov get back on track. Well, as you heard there, Lisa, in my predictions for the team awards, I think I think it's absolutely paramount that both of those players get back on track. And even if they get back on track and they're not part of the future here, 
it raises their value in any kind of hockey trade. So if they play well, but don't necessarily fit what the Flyers want to do going forward for whatever reason, on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, whatever, then their value is more commensurate and can get you a better return. It's very important for Konechny and Provorov to rebound in their development and their arc as NHL players. Next one comes from Todd Shannon. He says, I know there's been much focus on the Torts-Shaw effect on Provorov, but I'm really excited to see if they can clean up Rasmus Ristolainen's game so he can hopefully become a real force out there. He has all the tools to be an outstanding D-man. Thoughts? I, I Look, I think Risto um, is a guy that is in that second pairing role. That's where he belongs. Um, I don't think that his ceiling is as a top pairing right side defenseman. He's a guy that brings a lot of physicality. And I know a lot of analytics people don't care about that. And they say, oh, look, he hits guys. And I know his analytics, public analytics, aren't good. But I think he's a guy that can have an impact. Look, I've talked to a lot of players, NHL players, and asked them about Ristolainen in particular and about guys like Ristolainen. And players don't minimize what he is when he's on the ice. A lot of fans do, and analytically inclined fans really crap on him a lot. But I will tell you that players that play on the ice with him and against him do not feel the way that the analytics community does about Rasmus Ristolainen. That much I do know. Uh, Clarky tweets in, he said, I'd like to see them competitive. No more blowouts. I'd also like to see them add another first rounder this year while finishing with a top three pick. The inevitable rebuild needs to happen around Bedard, Michkov, or Fantilli. Interesting. Um, Look, if you end up trading a Travis Sanheim at the deadline, you could get another first-round pick. Now, if you're trading him to a contender, which would likely be the case, it's obviously not a lottery pick or a high pick, but it is still a good first round. You have your pick in the first round this year. We'll see where that falls. You have the Florida Panthers' first-round pick in this year's draft. And if you make another trade, you could have three in what has been ticketed as a very good high-end draft. Uh, John tweets in, he says, I'm in self-defense mode, prepared for the worst. I expect many losses and no playoffs, but I'm okay with both. I hope for effort and a competitive team most nights. I want to see young player development across the board, win the lottery, get Bedard. The NHL absolutely owes the Flyers a lottery win. They had a lottery luck in 2017, which turned into actually lottery bad luck when they moved up to number two, ended up selecting Nolan Patrick. The team that was the worst team in the league that year, the Colorado Avalanche, by the way, the worst team by 40 standings points to the second worst team, picked fourth and got Kale McCarr. So winning the lottery is not always fix for a team, but this year's different. I mean, you know what's at the top of this draft. Our previous guy brought him up. Clarkie brought him up. Bedard, Mishkov, and Fantilli, three fantastic prospects. But Bedard is absolutely generational. One, and I do not throw that term around lightly. Generational for Bedard. Unbelievable. Uh, Chris tweets in. Real, his mindset, he said it's real simple. I want the team to lose, but not look lost. High wire act, I know. It's an interesting way to put it. You don't want the team to lose, but you see the benefit of getting a higher chance in the lottery. I get that. But you don't want them to look lost. At points in the last two years, they were a team that lost and looked lost. It's what I talked about the other day when I said a team that stinks, 
A team, you can lose games and not stink, per se. When you stink is when you lose games and you look lost. That's the combination of stink. It is a high-wire act, I know, what you're asking for, Chris, but that's your mindset. You're entitled to it. All right, let's get to the last one here. Jordan, at Flyers and Fantasy, tweets in and says, What needs to come out of this season, assuming we aren't in the playoffs, is more optimism about the future. It would be really exciting if we looked like a team uh, an elite, unrestricted free agent would make a big difference on and really want to play on. Didn't feel like that this offseason. Well, I, I mean, there was an elite free agent maybe not elite, but star free agent that wanted to be here. Johnny Gaudreau wanted to play for the Flyers. It was a destination he wanted to play at. Flyers weren't in a position. It wasn't the right time for them to sign a Johnny Gaudreau. Look, if you have cap space, players want to come. Ultimately, it's about that. I get what you're saying. They want to put themselves in a position, and whether that's with the draft and drafting really high and getting a great player and becoming a team that is starting to, to build something that you can feel. You know what it's like. We know what it's like when you can go, okay, team team didn't have a great record in the standings this year, but they're moving in the right direction. You can feel that. It's the eye test. You feel it in your belly. You know it by looking at it. And you also know when it's going the other way. Like, we're not fools. We know when it's that combination of what I just talked about. A team loses a lot and looks lost. It's got to not look like that. All right, great stuff. Everybody, thanks for tweeting in. It all begins tonight. A new season is about to begin. We'll get a lot of answers throughout this season. First year of John Tortorella. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too, and I hope you'll spend as much time with us here on Flyers Daily throughout as well. What I can tell you is we'll be talking about it all. We'll be breaking down it all with honesty, with passion, and with a lot, a lot of great guests through the season and great correspondence with people and listeners and fans like you guys. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for dealing with the off season with me. Welcome to the 2022-23 NHL season begins tonight. Flyers devils. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new Flyers daily. Enjoy your hockey tonight. Are you ready?